The Anton Savage Show Sunday. Brought to you by PwC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. On News Talk. Ozempic is the drug that was originally designed for and licensed for the treatment of diabetes, which it still is in Ireland. But there is there is, is hardly a conversation about it that doesn't end up with people discussing whether or not it is the ultimate solution to the challenge that they may have in either controlling or in losing weight. With me is Professor Donal O'Shea, who is the HSE Clinical Lead for Obesity. This is being perceived, Donal, as the definitive wonder drug, is it? No, and there is no such thing. And I heard your intro about super drug cures all uh, ailments known to, to man. And there, there is no such thing as a wonder drug. Uh, every drug for any disease we have comes at a cost, both financial and personal in terms of not just the effect it has, but the side effects it has. But we have seen drugs that have cured the apparently intractable and made you, we've seen insulin for diabetes, we've seen Viagra for um, impotence, and they have made huge difference to people. Is this one of those? Is it of that scale? Oh, yeah, no, this is a game changer within the field of diabetes and within the field of obesity. There's no doubt about that. It works very well and consistently in diabetes. Um, In obesity, it works very well in about a third of people. Uh, and in, in a third of people, it has kind of a little bit of an impact on weight. And then there's a third of people where it just doesn't work. The unfortunate thing as a prescriber is that the only way to find out will it help your weight at the moment is to start it and see. Uh, there's no predictor. Often with other drugs, we have a predictor. We can, in, in the cancer field, they'll do tests and say, well, this is the best chemotherapy for you. We don't have that in obesity yet. I think we probably will in a decade. But it's really important that there's balance to the narrative. Uh, Treating obesity as a disease, and it's now recognised internationally as a chronic relapsing disease, is a big step forward. Uh, Recognising that we must continue our efforts around prevention uh, is absolutely critical. And Ireland is beginning to make a bit of progress. I mean, our figures appear to be downtrending uh, now a, a little bit. And I thought 10 years ago, we were just going to catch up with the states and have 33% levels of obesity. Uh, It is becoming clear that we're levelling and downtrending towards about 20%. Now, separate out the two of them. Prevention has proven to be effective. Treatment when it comes to obesity, the, the common myth, as it has been shown to be, is if you say to people who are obese, the ultimate solution is move more, eat less. Simply doesn't work. Uh, that doesn't work and, and the language is also changing. So people, you said people who are obese, it's people who have obesity. Uh, you, you're not defined by your illness. You have epilepsy, you have asthma, you have obesity. Uh, eat less, move more is the prevention piece. It's the stop smoking for heart disease and lung cancer. It's the sunscreen and a hat for malignant melanoma. You're not told when you have melanoma uh, that you're treatment is sunscreen and a hat. Your treatment is surgery and drug therapy. So With obesity, your treatment is drug therapy and surgery. The lifestyle piece is important, underpinning it in any disease, but it's not the treatment. Now, uh, the, the recidivism rates in terms of people who manage successfully to get themselves within a target BMI, have they been obese? They are very high, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the defence uh, of uh, by the body against uh, weight loss is 
extreme. It's uh, and I, I often use the analogy about people who give blood. Uh, you give blood because, you know, eight weeks later, your blood level will be back up to exactly where it was and you can go and give blood again. And you haven't spent a minute thinking about your blood in that eight weeks. If you lose weight, which is a more primal store and a more important store in many ways, in evolutionary terms, uh, if you lose weight, then your body will bring you back up. Uh, and it will... How? It will, through a combination of hunger, through a combination of down-regulating your energy burn, uh, really complex that we're understanding much better now. So when we sit with somebody uh, who has had repeated attempts to lose weight and in inverted commas failed, a term we're trying not to use anymore, but they uh, were saying to them, look, we get this now. Your body is defending against So let me understand that. Let, let us imagine the two of us are sitting side by side and we both have 12% BMI. I was once 40%. You've always been 12%. We are fundamentally wired different even though we seem the same. Is that it? That is correct. And we will admit some people to our rehabilitation programme. They will go on a, an 1100 kilocalorie diet for, 12, for six weeks with psychological support, physiotherapy input, nutrition input. And we have some individuals who will not lose any weight. Uh, and, and that just tells you that it's very individual, it's very complicated. Uh, they can still make great progress with mobility, car transfers, personal hygiene, uh, but their weight won't shift. And some of those people actually have said to us, do you know what, I now understand why I couldn't lose weight over the years. And actually, uh, that means I don't hate myself that much anymore. So where then does a drug like Ozempic fit in this and how will it be usable and beneficial? So Ozempic is the diabetes preparation of this hormone called GLP-1. And, and I've been working with that for 30 years. My MD was on it in, in London 30 years ago. So I've seen it go from this uh, idea with a kind of, we call it a half-life of a minute to a drug that can be administered weekly uh, over the last 30 years. So an amazing journey to have seen it. Uh, so that GLP is a one milligram a week dose for diabetes. The obesity dose is 2.4 milligrams once a week. We'll have it later in the year in Ireland in the this, it's going to be called Wigovi, I think. Um, and it's and an we'll appetite suppressant. Is that how it functions? It's an appetite suppressant, but it also affects that other side of the energy uh, balance equation. So it does uh, stop your body uh, switching off energy burn when you lose weight. So when you lose weight, your body switches off its energy burn to bring you back up. Uh, and uh, what this drug does is it counterbalances that as well as suppressing appetite and delaying your Now, I know you resent me for saying this, Donald, but it, it, that sounds like it waddles and quacks like a miracle drug. Uh, it's it's a game changer in the field of diabetes and obesity, but we do not need the narrative of miracle drug. We do not need uh, the Oscars showcasing it in a in a an, I'm going to say uninformed way that people think God I must get it. It is the answer, uh, and and people are sourcing it online, and we know that what they get online isn't the active drug. It's just an online scam. So this needs to be uh, used like any other drug within its license criteria in the setting of a prescriber and whether that is going to be uh, your GP 
uh, we're standing up services for obesity, uh, you know, around Ireland now with great commitment to that for the first time ever. And, and that's uh, exciting times for obesity. Uh, and we'll move to have nurse prescribers in the community who will be supporting a, a best health programme ultimately. And what's your expectation on people GP shopping for it? Because we've seen it across the years, you, you get things like restless leg syndrome in the States where somebody comes up with a, a formulation for it and it is pushed like mad and they say, talk to your medical professional about it and you can sell direct to the consumer. Illegal to do that here, but something of this nature that is in the global discourse to the extent that it is. Are people going to be knocking on the door of the GP saying, look, Give me the prescription. People are knocking on the door of their GPs and, and asking for for this. And uh, in in the history of any disease, having a treatment for it, having a meaningful treatment um, is a game changer because it means people see it as a disease. There's more discussion about it as a disease. Uh, and, and, you know, this is a disease that causes diabetes, causes heart disease, causes cancer, causes stroke. At the moment, we're treating all those conditions with great funding behind them and we're still not treating the disease that's driving them. So the penny is finally dropping. If we actually treat obesity, then we'll have less of the other uh, conditions uh, and have people who are, will be generally healthier. But will you get people who would be within the bounds of controllable weight suddenly thinking, OK, well, that £12 that I was struggling to get back to where I should be, I've now found an easy solution. Uh, you, well, it, it's not licensed. Uh, it has only been studied in individuals and adolescents with obesity. Uh, it's not been studied within uh, normal weight individuals. And there are individuals who are lean and would like to be leaner. Uh, I mean, and I should say it, the lifestyle changes of kind of physical activity and good nutrition can deliver five to 10 percent weight loss. Uh, and, and that for the majority of people is incredibly positive and very healthy. For people with severe and complex obesity, you need to do better than that. And these drugs that we're looking at, in the case of um, Ozempic and Wagovi, are delivering about 15 to 20% weight loss. And there are other ones in development that are going to give us uh, even better weight loss, uh, weight loss that approaches uh, the benefits of surgery for weight, which is still... Oh, as in mm, up to the sort of 30, 40%? Up to the 30% weight loss. Without surgical intervention? Without surgical intervention. But to use term, your term, that's definitely a game changer, isn't it? Uh, again, we are... Uh, I, I'm going to avoid, you know, I said game changer, you said miracle drug. I, I don't want uh, that to be the narrative. We finally have treatments that we can use uh, and used in the right person um, at the right time. Uh, they are transformative. What are you wary about in terms of that? Is, that? is it that you give false hope to those it doesn't work for? Is that it? I mean, it works for very well for 30% of people. Um, I think uh, in health terms, I, I, I think uh, there needs to be a balance around uh, how we approach a disease. And, and miracle drug, um, you know, magic bullet. Um, I'm a long time qualified now. Uh they're, they're not useful terms in the medical arena. You talked about 30 years of, of studying GLP-1, the, the um, underlying uh, compound under the, the brand name. Side effects, risks. Yeah. So uh, there can be, there's no drug that has good effects without side effects. So you need uh, to be aware. The main side effects, because GLP is a gut hormone, it's a hormone that your own gut releases after a meal. 
uh, and it's then been developed from that into a treatment. Oh, it the, gives you that sense of being satiated, is so it? it goes to your brain and makes you feel fuller. It goes to your stomach and delays your gastric emptying uh, and it slows bowel transit a little bit. So the side effects are mainly GI, nausea, um, burping because you've got a full stomach that isn't emptying very well. And sometimes this kind of sulfur rotten egg burps uh, that are really unpleasant and constipation. Uh, there'll be other it's because it's an injection. There can be reactions around the injection site uh, for, for some people. Uh, but the history of hormones as treatments uh, have been fairly clean in terms of serious side effects. Um, so Why? You know, because they're naturally occurring in the body anyway? They're, they're, na they're naturally occurring. So, you know, we've been using thyroid hormone for 60 years, insulin for 100 years. Steroids are very good treatments actually have a lot of side effects um, in, in high doses. But we have been using GLP for about almost 20 years now in, in the setting of diabetes, originally as a once a day injection, now as a once a week injection. And the overall safety profile in terms of does it cause funny cancers down the line? Uh, does it cause heart disease or, you know, other un unexpected things? No. So we're confident uh, in its safety. If it has been used, as you say, in one formulation for diabetes for more than two decades, why is there now the sudden burst of interest and, and talk about it? Uh, because the studies to find the right do dose for obesity uh, have really only just uh, in the last two or three years been published. And the long term evidence of safety, uh, we have arrived at that point. So it's that combination of those two things. Talk to me about availability. Tech saying, I've been on Ozempic for diabetes with good results. It's unbelievably hard to get at the moment. Yeah, there has been a global shortage and there's been a global shortage in large part because of the language that you were using at the top of the show around game, miracle drug. Uh, and, and people have wanted it and, and the company launched it globally. Um, other companies with, with, if you like, other uh, compounds are, are launching them a little more uh, staged uh, and won't launch in Europe until they have a supply. I think with the first drug in this space, there was always going to be this moment of it's here, everyone wants it and we've run out. The supply issue is being actively addressed. Uh, Novo Nordisk have, uh, are, are developing a facility in Athlone which is fantastic for the manufacture of, of this family of, of drugs and, and other plants around the world. So I think the supply issue is actively easing at the moment, um, thankfully. Uh, text asking, this relates to what you said earlier about the definition of obesity as a disease that one has rather than either a character defect or something that is intrinsic to their personality. Can you ask Professor O'Shea if he doesn't have concerns about pathologizing obesity? People make choices and personal responsibility must surely be a factor. Releasing people from this responsibility will not in the long term solve anything. Medicalizing obesity and calling it a disease is a boon for the pharmaceutical and medical industry. Uh, so that's a commonly held view, probably by 90% of the population. Uh, 15 years ago, that was a commonly held view by 99.5% of the population. So it's changing. Uh, if you recognize something as a disease, you destigmatize it. And actually, the opposite happens. You liberate people to realize, actually, uh, am I making these choices or is the environment determining uh, because of my genetic 
tendency to weight gain is the environment actually driving uh, my weight. And, and we know that obesity spreads within the environment. Can I ask, the, explain that. So if a friend of yours develops obesity over the next five years, uh, your increased risk of developing obesity is by 70%. And if a friend of a friend of yours develops obesity, your risk is increased by 30%. So it, it spreads within the environment to three degrees of separation. How? Because your environment, as with any non-communicable disease, uh, is driving but, but sorry, I, I mean, is it that it means that your friends and you share lifestyle choices and live in the same area and eat the same foods? Or is it that you set appear norms by their appearance? Do we know what the, the causative f- factor is that makes that happen? Not the single magic bullet causative factor, because there isn't. There's about 200 different determinants of obesity. And the majority of those are within the environment, not within the individual. But give me those numbers again. If a friend of yours develops, develops obesity, obesity... In the next five years, your risk is increased by 70%. If a friend of a friend of yours develops obesity, your risk of developing it is increased by 30%. You, you, when we're talking about the characterization of obesity as a disease, in terms of somebody who has dedicated themselves to the treatment of disease... Is the combination of what we're seeing now in terms of the medical model, the public health model and the surgical interventions that are available, is it coming as something as an, of an inflection point? Are we are we gaining on the capacity to treat the disease? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're at a point now in, in recognising obesity, um, attempting to structure prevention and attempting to structure treatment that is uh, incredibly exciting, incredibly positive. Uh, the WHO have looked at what Ireland are doing and have said we would like Ireland to be a demonstrator site that other countries can come and look at. And I have said to the WHO, hang on a second, we're not there yet. We're still struggling. And the WHO have said, well, actually, they need to see you're struggling. And we're hoping that they will be visiting and meeting Bernard Gloucester in, in the next couple of months. Quick one before I let you go. Uh, text asking, can you ask the prof if people need to stay on the drug for the rest of their life? How do you come off the drug and not put back on the weight? So as with any chronic relapsing condition, like high blood pressure, like high cholesterol, you stop the treatment, the blood pressure goes up, the cholesterol goes up, the weight goes up. And one saying, I don't understand what your guest just, uh, the guest of course being Professor Donald O'Shea, HSE, clinical lead in obesity. I don't understand what your guest just said there about weight loss and friends. Can he repeat? Let me see if I understand it. If a friend of yours develops obesity, your chance of developing obesity goes up by 30%. 70%. 70%. If it's a friend of yours, if it's a friend of a friend of yours, your risk goes up by 30%. So, so if you're my best pal and one of your friends develops obesity, my chance of becoming obese goes up by 30%. Your chance of developing obesity. Developing obesity, my apologies. Um, well, uh, the, the question I, undoubtedly that we're going to get in, in text form is the why, but it is, as you say, environmental factors. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link to the New England paper that published that environmental study and you can post it wherever we you want. We will tweet it uh, out straight as soon as we get it. Thank you so much, uh, Donald. It's been fascinating. That is Professor Donald O'Shea, who is the HSE Clinical Lead on Obesity. The Anton Savage Show. Brought to you by PwC. Sunday mornings from 10. On News Talk.